Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome to what is going to be an exciting, fun Christmas show. I can't uh, (laughs) wait to introduce myself to certain people who have never heard my voice from across their podcast radio and to my listeners, to Catherine and to her voice. We are collaborating today on a Christmas show that we have prayed and we are hoping will help you as you walk into the Christmas season to walk in with a heart steadfast, anchored in God's word at rest in a season that feels very restless and very chaotic. So first of all, Catherine, why don't you start us off, introduce yourself, and then I'll introduce myself second since they've already heard my voice first. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Bethany. I'm Catherine Seegers. I am host of Christian Parent Crazy World. And Bethany and I met earlier this year at Spark Media Conference. And I knew when we were in that big room introducing ourselves and you told me the name of your podcast, (laughs) Warrior Mama Podcast, I'm like, oh. We have got to meet and we have got to collaborate on some stuff. And we actually have some stuff that we want to do together next year. But uh, we were trying to figure out what we could do and satisfy some needs that we both had for our podcasts in the month of December. And we got to talking about how do we bring Christ back into Christmas? Because we we both have a lot of kids and there's so many events and it gets so hectic and crazy. And so I'm so excited to do this. I think it's going to be an amazing podcast. My show, Christian Parent Crazy World, we've been in existence for going on not quite three years, two and a half years now. And we talk about all kinds of cultural, relational, theological topics. Theological. Is that even a word, theological? I think it is. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be. Thank you. You'll (laughs) grant it to me. Apologetic topics where we defend the faith for parents and really help them Mm -hmm. navigate through what has become an increasingly very, very difficult culture for parents to navigate with their parenting and to parent biblically. That's what we focus on at Christian Parent Crazy World. So why don't you tell my listeners a little bit more about your podcast, Bethany? Sure. I am the host of the Warrior Mama podcast. And my story real fast, so you know why I would make it that, is I'm a mom of eight kids. Mm. And for so many years, people would say, oh my goodness, you must be like the best mom. And I knew inside, (laughs) no, no, I am a mess and falling apart rapidly. And yet in that process, God began to teach me that there is a difference. Nobody has to be the best mom or to be even a good mom. But we do need to be surrendered moms. Yes. And that in that surrendering, we can become very strong, not with our power, but with his power in us. And so the whole purpose of the Warrior Mama podcast is to help equip a mom in her everyday real life moments with the gospel so that she gets to take them into that moment with a toddler or a teenager who are throwing their temper tantrums or anything Mm -hmm. else that might be happening Mm -hmm. and understand from the lens from the filter of the gospel, God's word. What does it say for me in this moment? And how can I stand confidently here and parent well here? So yeah, that's what we do. And it's, I love it. It's about two years old and the podcast is, and yeah, 
That's, That's awesome. awesome. I've got five kids, by the way, to those of you who are not familiar with my voice and Christian Parent Crazy World. We have five kids. We homeschool ages 18 to six. And your kids are what ages now? They are eight to 24. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. 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 So. That's awesome. And Christmas is no, is always probably no joke at your house, just even in terms of organization of everything and I know stepping your foot. I always feel like, okay, I'm ready to step into Christmas now. And what I mean by that is I've got to figure out what I'm getting everybody and I've got to figure out everything I'm going to cook and all the places we're going to be. But no, mapping it out is crazy. And what gets left out? Jesus. Yeah. Our connection with the Lord, our, our spiritual connection to the season and really Christ gets left out of Christmas too often. Yeah. And it happens in Christian homes. It happens obviously in non-Christian homes, but you have to be strategic. And that's, I think what the, this episode is about. How can we strategically really put Christ back in the center of this yeah. season? So I yes. love what you were going to talk about. You really wanted to help us set the tone for Christmas. And then I've got some ideas on practical ways that we can do that. Well, I think that for me, especially when you're parenting young children, something that I did not know until like there was this day with this one little child. I had one child out in a store Christmas shopping, and which is a miracle that you I only had one. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> I know. It was one of my girls. One of uh, my girls, and they're cute and little. They were about three at the time. And of course, you know, everybody wants to talk to your little girls. And at Christmas time, what is the number one question everybody asks your child? Oh, yeah. They will squat down and they will say, Have you been good this year? Mm. Are you on Santa's nice list? What's Santa going to bring you? And culturally, we accept that question. Yeah. And I remember standing there in that moment, that woman was not being unkind with what she was saying. She was trying to engage a cute little ponytailed girl who probably had bows on. I mean, like she just wanted to talk to this little girl in the checkout line, Mm -hmm. but wow, I watched my little one look up at me and her eyes were wide open and she just kind of looked at me and I knew in that moment that this was a, this was a thing. Mm-hmm. And we walked out. I didn't say anything in the store. We checked out. We walked away. We got in the car and I kneeled down and I looked at her and I said, what did you think about those questions? Are, are you good this year? And I, I want to challenge our listeners to see the way culture is feeding us Christmas differently than the way scripture shows us Christmas. Mm. Because in that moment, everything central was about whether she was good enough mm. to get on some list. And her answer in that moment was, honestly, it was heartbreaking to me. So we have in, we've already purposely parented our kids in a different way than a lot of people do. And so she didn't really know about Santa in a list, but she'd heard a little bit. But it was the question of, are you good? That bothered her. I knew it was. And she said, she goes, maybe I'm good but I don't know. And because the reality is she had probably pushed her brother that day and it was like echoing in her mind of, well, I mean, I did this, but, but that's the truth of the gospel. And that's a space where the gospel can step in with our kids and can become real when we meet and we bump up against culture like that. But what I began to talk to her about in that moment, which is, I think what we want to talk about for a few minutes today is actually what does Christmas really tell us mm-hmm. about our behavior? 
And what are the requirements for us at Christmas? Because the truth is there, there aren't any, Mm -hmm. you know, there was someone who came, he came as a baby with only one purpose in mind, right? He was going to die for us. The free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ on a cross. That's why we celebrate. It is the ultimate gift. That is why Christmas is here. But do we have to do anything for Jesus to be our savior? No. Do we have to be good enough for him? No. And being being able to have these kind of conversations in our home in this season will shift focus a lot. Mm-hmm. But oh my goodness, there are moments. <laughs> now I have had another child who somebody said that to them and they were more of a spicier, one of my children's <laughs> personalities. And that this child just looked up and said, I don't have to be good enough for anything. (laughs) And ironically, this child, like, yeah, thankfully for him, he's probably very grateful. The gospel was very real to him because he Mm -hmm. spent most days in a lot of trouble in our home, just personality wise. That's more who he has always tended to be. Hmm. But the truth is that in my own home, and I think we always want to be careful about this when when we're celebrating Jesus and we have gifts under the Christmas tree, you and I also understand the cost, the concept of grace and mercy, mm-hmm. because we actually don't withhold gifts from our own kids at Christmas. Mm-hmm. There's nobody making a statement and giving gifts to all their kids, but one child, because that child was naughty, mm-hmm. right? You, you may have had many days of getting in trouble, yet all your gifts will be under the tree. Why? Because you're my child, mm-hmm. right? And I love you no matter what, and you are mine. Right. And and the truth is at Christmas, that is this most beautiful message that we can give our kids about Christmas. It's so beautiful. Is, hey, you are good. You're good in our family. We love you no matter what. Yeah, you have naughty moments. Mm-hmm. So do I. But it's tricky because... What happens culturally is if you look at Santa Claus and I don't want to malign him in the way, like he's on my tree, he decorates my tree, but he doesn't have power in my home. Mm. And you'll see an elf hanging off of my tree, but there are no elves spying in my home to see if anybody is behaving because I don't ever want to trip into a space that says that Santa is omnipotent or omniscient which is kind of what that song says. It sure does. Yeah. I mean, he knows when you're, you know, <laughs> he, know, <laughs> he knows what you've been thinking. He knows yeah. when you're, you're good and you're good not or and bad. Nice. And, yeah. Yeah. It's so just he's making really, a list. He's and checking it twice. And yeah. And the truth is our God does not make a performance list on us. No, he doesn't. Not, <sighs> not even in the sense of like, there is no performance list. Right. So when, when you have come and Jesus is your savior, and that's the gift we get to give our kids and tell our kids, right. whether they know Jesus yet or not, is let me tell you about Christmas. Mm-hmm. See, Christmas is about the fact that God never makes a list on you, mm-hmm. but he only sees the present he gave you, who is Jesus, when mm-hmm. you are following him. So when Jesus is your savior, all God sees is Jesus when he looks at you and he sees your righteousness and he sees you are his child and you are his delight. And so you can come boldly in front of him Mm -hmm. and 
pray, ask him for what you need, but we miss it in this crazy, like spying world we now live in with Christmas. That is so true. And the problem is too often, that's how people view God. This whole Santa Claus idea of God spying on us or looking and making a naughty and a nice list. I did an episode, I think it was episode four of my show was, is Christianity just a religion of do's and don'ts? And that whole concept of ideas where God is up there, he's kind of sitting on his big throne, he's frowning, he's looking down, he's making a list and and Mm -hmm. seeing who's been naughty and nice. That's how we view God. So they don't see Jesus as a gift to the world because they see God as being someone who's constantly displeased, who's constantly saying you don't measure up because he's got this standard that you can't live up to. And that is not who God is. God recognizes that we are flesh. He knows what he made us from. He knows our weaknesses. He knew Adam and Eve in the garden before they would ever make the choice to disobey him. He knew what they were going to do. He had a plan set in place and he loves us so deeply and so intimately that he sent his son to die for us. That's the gift that you're talking about. That's so beautiful at Christmas. And what we want to shift the thinking from is like, and I love the way you put it. Your kid's gifts at Christmas time aren't dependent upon their behavior throughout the year. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what that question insinuated from that woman. And that's the world's kind of thinking about God is that God's gifts are dependent upon our performance. No, they aren't. God's gift is not dependent upon any kind of performance. He loves us regardless of what we've done, what we think, who we are, whether we believe in him or not. There are some requirements for salvation, but his love is a a great big circle that encompasses us all. Because he loves us, he tells us the right way to live in order to protect us and to keep us walking in the purposes that he has for us. That's a good thing. I want to know those things. What we have to do, though, I think is get back to the place where we can trust him and know that he is a good and loving God. He is not like a Santa Claus who's sitting around making a naughty and a nice list. I love the movie Elf, don't you? I mean, it's just so wonderful, but that's the (laughs) the whole theme prevalent in there. Who's on the naughty list? Who's on the nice list? You know, and it's it's a great, fun family movie, but Getting back to the idea of what Christmas is really about is focusing on the free gift of love that God gave us in Jesus and setting that tone in our home. I love that story you shared. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I think we probably all have stories where where our kids kind of have gotten the wrong idea and you've got a little kid coming up to you. I had my little one coming up, you know, after she did something wrong. Mommy. Yeah still love me of course you know that that, it's a dagger to the heart of course I know I know my love is not dependent on one thing and that's what Christmas is really at the heart of Christmas is this tremendous gift so setting that right tone what other things about the tone of Christmas could we do to help make sure we've got the our kids thinking about Christmas in the right way Mm. Well, I think for me personally, my, the next concept that I have to think about uh-huh. before I begin setting even the landscape in my home of what we're going to do and how we're going to study, I have to take just a few minutes to go, you know, almost every day and go, Bethany, we're not going to be caught up in measuring ourselves against anybody else at Christmas time. Oh, that's good. And what they're doing or not doing. 
And I don't know, I, I can get really caught up in the frantic pace of Christmas. We all can. And so instead, it's taking time to sit, to rest with him, to set my own head in mind. So I've done yeah. some different studies and Advent studies personally mm-hmm. in order to then be able to walk into, you know, breakfast, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that first space of the day with my kids, I have to have already kind of set myself Yep. because if I know that, oh my goodness, I have got to do this, this, and this, and then we've got to go here tonight and we've got to do this. And I've got, I haven't even gotten anything for this person. And what are they going to think if I don't do this this year? And so for me, one of the first things I have done, and I do it pretty faithfully, but pretty consistently every year is I will take time by myself to study a lot of the different names of Jesus. Mm. I don't know if you've ever done anything like that. Yeah, I took a whole year with a women's Bible study. We 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 started off to learn actually the names of God, and then we got to the mm-hmm. names of Jesus. And I I didn't think it would, I didn't know how long it would take. We studied it for over a year. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. you can go on and on and you on can. and on. It's you awesome. Can. Yeah, I mean, every year I've done it, and every year I'm not saying the same names. So yeah, it's it's stunning who God is and who Jesus is and what and how it relates even at Christmas time. It just enriches my time. That's an awesome idea. I'm going to do that again this Christmas. I think that's great. It's because it's been a it's been a hot minute since I did that Bible study, and so you to revisit those. It's a great idea. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What do you do with your kids? That seems to work well. Well, one thing you just talked about Advent and celebrating Advent. Yeah, that that's kind of an Anglican tradition. I actually just mm-hmm. had a show that just recently aired on Advent. So if you want to learn more about that, I had a guest on who uh, was talking about that with me. But celebrating Advent, that really helps the whole season because it's a four-week period where you study, where you there's all sorts of devotionals you can do. There's calendars you can use. There's the candles that you can light in your house. I love, I've got a Christmas Advent devotional that we've used with our kids. We've used one called the Joth- it's Jotham's Journey. Have you ever used that with your kids? Yes. Isn't that? Yes. It's so it's well so written. so good. Do you yes. know it's a series though? Did you yes. know there's, I didn't know that until recently. I'm like, I, I thought okay. it was just a standalone, but there's each one of the, there's like four different ones, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, well, I guess I, I may not have them all. I have two others. I have yeah. maybe three. So, but then yeah. maybe four. And I, we kind of usually started a little bit earlier because if you get off, it can be hard to get back on track yeah. there. Sometimes we're still reading it in January, but that's a really fun one, especially to do with younger kids. But getting mm-hmm. in and celebrating and learning the history of Advent and lighting the candles in your home, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful way to to keep. Christ at the center of the entire season because there there are whole advent calendars and advent devotionals for adults that you can use mm-hmm. and you can you can really stay in tune with the season for the whole month of December actually it starts right at usually at the end of November so it's I think that's a wonderful way and like I said it was an I didn't grow did you grow up doing advent no yeah not really Barely. Yeah. I, I, I can't <laughs> say that we've done it hardcore, but we're getting more and more into that. And I really like that because it's, it's something that goes the breadth and span of the entire Christmas season. You start it right after Thanksgiving. You start with the first week and you've got the four different candles and you can talk about that each week. And if you've got a, a mm-hmm. devotional with younger kids, I'd say Jotham's journey and each of those stories could probably go up to 
easily age 12 or 13. And it's so engaging for adults as well as kids. So that's a really fun way. Other things we've done or I like to do, I did a really cool episode last year. I was telling you before this show, I stumbled across on Rotten Tomatoes, a list of the 100 greatest Christmas films of all time. It was last December. And this one really got me hot and bothered because number four on their list was a a film called Tangerine. It was about a transgendered sex worker who was imprisoned. And while she's imprisoned, her boyfriend slash pimp cheated on her so she gets out and she and her friend go to seek revenge on her boyfriend slash pimp this is the number four christmas film of all time according to rotten tomatoes so i set out to find some family-centered christmas films and in the process i i can link this in the show notes i think it was episode 51 of christian parent crazy world three of those films were really christ-centered I loved studying these films. I watched one. I had like a guy's film, a girl's film, a date night film, a kid's film, and oh, a, yeah. a family film. So the guy, yeah. the the girl's film was one called The Christmas Candle. It is wonderful. It's it's based off of a Max Lucado story. And it's about this little Christmas okay. village. It's a period piece. I think at the time it was free on Amazon if you're a Prime member. But this story was wonderful. It was so Christ-centered. It was really, really beautiful. Another one, this is a really great guy's film. Now, it is a foreign film, so you do have to read some subtitles. But it's called Joyeux Noel, and it takes place during World War II when there was a ceasefire. You may have heard the story. We've seen that one. Oh, it's yes. so, so good. It's wonderful. This where the Germans and the English and the French, they all lay yeah. down their weapons during, I think it's the French. The film is French, I know. It's the German and the English. And I know the Americans, they lay down their weapons for Christmas Eve. And yes. they actually have this wonderful service together. It's a beautiful yeah. story. And sing, right? Don't they sing? Yes, they yeah. do. They do. Yeah. So watching yeah. stuff like that, if you're, you know, because we all like to watch a great Christmas film. So those are two. That's like mm-hmm. a guy's film and a girl's film, but our all-time favorite. And this is one we do every single year. Usually at the beginning of the Christmas season, we sit down and watch the Nativity Story together. Have you seen that film? Mm-hmm. It's got mm-hmm. Oscar Isaacs and Keisha Castle Hughes. And I love Oscar Isaacs. Of course, he was in the Star Wars, the newer Star Wars films. He's a great, great actor. Now, obviously, the nativity story, there's a couple of discrepancies with the biblical account in terms that the, the wise men weren't really there at that at that moment. <laughs> so we, we, years later. And, you know, we use that. <laughs> we use that as a catalyst to have discussions about, OK, what was accurate? What wasn't? But what I love about that film is it really fleshes out for young people and for for adults, but the young people get to understand what was it like for Mary to be betrothed, but not fully wed and yet with child? What was that like in her community? What, you know, and what she, she knew what she was taking on and yet she agreed to that. And 
just the beautiful journey that they go on. So we, we sit down as a family every year because I'm a movie buff. And so, and a couple of my kids are too. So we sit down, we pop the popcorn and that kind of sets mm-hmm. off our whole Christmas season by re- it's, it's, I would go so far as to say that film's kind of anointed. I, I think it is. I just absolutely love it. And so that's one of the things we do as a family to really invite Christ into the center of it is watching something that's yeah. all about him coming to earth and what that was like and for the people that were involved. So what, what kind mm-hmm. of things do you do in your family? Different years, we do different things. So we, one of them that I love, I have loved to do, we probably have done this I don't know. The kids will beg me to do it almost every year. And I'm, I readily admit, I tend to have like, I don't like to do everything the same every year. Uh (laughs) My kids would, my kids are always like much more traditionalist than I am. But so we have done some different studies. Is it, is it called the Joshua tree? What is it called? Oh, the Jesse tree. Jesse tree. I was like, it's not Joshua. (laughs) It's Jesse, David's, Um, David, King David's father. Mm -hmm. The Yes. So the Jesse tree where we'd have just taken and walked through scripture from the beginning. So what the whole concept of that is, is you walk through scripture from the very beginning Yes, and you're looking at it from the garden and you're seeing this red thread of Jesus all the way through scripture. And every day is, and I have several different books um, that we've used depending on ages of our kids for easy readings or as my kids have gotten older, they can listen for longer. And then we just do simple coloring sheets. And then I put a big paper Christmas tree up on this one wall in our house. Yeah. And so the ornaments that they make, so there's an ornament for like being in the garden in the fall and for Noah's Ark and they're just paper. I just print them on paper and then they color them. And then we just decorate the tree with everybody's ornaments and so by the time Christmas rolls around, we have this big paper tree with all of the Christmas ornaments, the Christmas story and ornaments that they've colored. So that tends to be the most favorite, honestly. Oh, that's awesome. Um, do your, I mean, that's obviously kind of geared towards younger kids. Do your, do your older kids get involved with that or have they? They do. That's cool. Oh yeah. I love oh, that. Yeah. Cause I still because, love to color even that's actually yeah. been one of my we'll techniques see. I've used when I get stressed out during a reading lesson, I start to color <laughs> I'm yes. like it. Calls. Well, and so the, the ornaments lend themselves to even creative older people, Yeah, you know, so my older kids will just, you know, they really actually make theirs look like pretty ornaments. Yeah. I mean, like some of my girls have even like said, I'm I'm going to actually go and get my own better coloring supplies. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. literally, I mean, and they just use that as kind of like a little stress relief mm-hmm. at the end of the day. That's usually when we've read them is in the evenings. And yeah, I mean, that works. Another thing that we do, and we've done this since my oldest four were very young. Mm-hmm. And so actually I've already gotten a text from one of my married kids. She said, we need to know our verses. What we do every Christmas is everybody gets assigned a little packet of verses, a little bunch of verses. So you may get Luke 2. Traditionally, some of the youngest ones will get some of these traditional pieces from scripture. So Luke 2, Psalm 100, Isaiah 53, like these passages that are traditionally, like we see them when we we open up and we hear about the Christmas story. And whatever you get assigned, usually we, I assign them at Thanksgiving and all of us, mom and dad included, get a bunch of verses. And then you come Christmas day with your verses memorized. 
And then what we do traditionally in our home is we always, from the very beginning, my husband is like, I'm very laid back. And probably if my kids had wanted to get up at four in the morning and it was just me parenting, our tradition would have been, we've been getting up at four in the morning because I'm kind of like, oh, it'll be fun, which it would not be fun. Mm -hmm. But thankfully my husband is wiser. And so from the very beginning of having kids, he said, here's how we're going to do Christmas day. Everybody has to stay in the rooms that they slept in. And so my kids sleep, boys all sleep together and girls all sleep together on Christmas Eve. And they have to stay in those rooms. They can amuse themselves in those rooms. So they'll bring in games the night before or whatever. And then they can't come out until we invite them out. And mm -hmm. that way you and I can have a cup of coffee and we can spend some time welcoming Jesus and, and being ready for the day. And then we can bring them in. So in that bringing them in, the very first thing we do is we sit as a family and we take turns reciting the scripture passages we have. And honestly, some of my favorite ones are the scripture passages like we've done Peter's Peter's defense of the gospel and acts. Oh, that's um, a good one. Like just beautiful passages that like open the story of who Jesus is in bigger ways. Mm -hmm. um, Philippians 2. Yeah. You know, like lots of passages that they're not necessarily like Jesus was born in a manger. But they show you either who God is or who Jesus is or who the spirit is. Like they show you why Christmas would be celebrated. To me, that's probably my favorite tradition we've ever done. And so all of the month of December, everybody's working on memorizing their verses. So when my kids have, two of them have married their spouses, now their spouses are memorizing. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going to happen. So I wasn't going to say anything. I was like, well, I guess, I mean, I guess they have an out. I don't know. Uh -huh. And, you know, sure enough, I got a text from my son-in-law that first Christmas. He's like, you only sent Kendall her verses when she asked for verses. I'm like, well, I mean, I figured maybe y'all could do it together. I didn't want to make you do it. He's like, I want my own verses. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, okay. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I, that's a phenomenal tradition. That's so cool. It's, it's really fun. The other thing about it, though, that's always a little bit humbling is, do you know who are the worst memorizers in the bunch? <laughs> are you? <laughs> me, me and their dad. Like, I'm the most stumbly with, like, I'm reciting and I'm like stumbling and somebody's given me a keyword. Yeah, it's bad. I do all of my scripture memory to song. I, I come up with the melody. Yeah. That's how I do it. And so a lot of times, like, I just started memorizing Psalm 8 and a lot of times I can go online. I just go on... I either Google or YouTube, try to find scripture songs. And usually I can, a lot of times I can find somebody who's already done it. So I don't have to, I'm pretty, I'm oh, really actually, that's, a good idea. that's one of those weird gifts I have, those strange gifts. I can put stuff to melody very easily, but if I don't have to do it myself, then I'll go and find somebody who's already done it. I, we memorized all of Psalm 91 that way. And I memorized yeah, large portions that. of scripture that way. Of course, our curriculum, we're currently learning like John 1, verse 1. Yeah. One through 15. Yeah. Well, we're going through mm -hmm. seven and my kids learn it in Latin and in English. I know that sounds very impressive, yeah. but it's really not that hard when you set it to music. You can teach little kids yeah. a foreign language when you've set it to music. And so that's, that's how I do it. As long as I've got kind of that little, I struggle when I don't have that crutch. I, I don't want to call it a crutch. I think it's an aid. Let's call it that. It's an aid. It's a wonderful <laughs> aid. 
because yeah. it goes to a different part of the brain. So that's something I do. I yeah. have a lot of, uh, that's one free resource I offer is some scripture songs that I've recorded. I did John three sixteen through 21, because we all know ch- uh, verse 16. A lot of us know verse 17, but we don't know 18, 19, 20, and 21. They're pretty important. And I've got like Hebrews chapter four verses 12 and 13, you know, the word of God is living and active. Oh, wow. And I, I've got a lot of scripture songs that I've worked on. So that that's how I do it. I've got a couple other ideas here. We can, as we're, we're coming to an end here. One thing mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do, I think this is going to be the year, you know, we all kind of think of charitable things we can do at Christmas. We take the, we take the angel off the tree and we might get something for a child at church or, you know, the Christmas shoebox. Yeah. World Vision has this amazing catalog where you can send yeah. things to people who are impoverished in other parts of the world and bringing your kids in on this. I bet, you know, the kids would want to empty the piggy bank. You can, you can supply things that will continue to bless a family like a chicken or a number of chickens or a goat or a rat. Mm-hmm. They actually have like whole packages where you can get like one goat, two ducks, three rabbits, and four chickens. Like that was like, wow, that would be amazing. I know. Though, if you needed something like that. You would change a family. That would be amazing. Now that was like $210, maybe going with another family if that's not feasible. Some of them were as low as $50, yeah. like school supplies. You could help dig a well. Talk about helping a, a whole community there. You can help a children who've mm-hmm. been sexually exploited. So I World Vision I will put a link in the show notes for that and you can as well. That's something I've always wanted to do and talk to my kids about it. Yes. You know, hey kids, look at all this stuff you've got under a tree. Can you imagine if yeah. the greatest thing you could get would be a chicken or a goat for Christmas? If that was the your life and that a goat was everything. Everything and would give you yeah. what you needed. Uh, yeah. Amazing. So really educating yeah. kids because we live in so much affluence here, even those who are struggling in the United States or in other parts of the West, chances are we're not where a lot of people in the world are. And focusing on in on that, I can think of nothing more Christ-like than to really be mm-hmm. concerned about those people. A couple other quick ones. I was telling you about this one. This is something we're doing this year. I've never done it before. I it's called it's a it's an Icelandic tradition. And it's not in and of itself Christ-centered, but it certainly can be. It's called Yola Bokla Flood. That's a mouthful, I know, but it's well done. I know, yeah. thank you. I I, I spelled <laughs> it out phonetically, so <laughs> so I wouldn't screw it up. Yellow book of fun. And so, oddly enough, I heard about this on a a silly Hallmark film, but they were talking about favorite Christmas traditions, and this is one where. Every year you would draw you, everybody in the family would draw the name of someone in the family and you would pick out a book to get them. And the cool thing about this, it doesn't have to be super expensive. You can get a used book. And Mm -hmm. so to make it Christ-centered, get a Christ-centered book, some sort of a devotional or something that would help someone on their spiritual journey. But you pick out a book, you wrap it up and they usually do it on Christmas Eve. But what they'll do is they'll pick a night, you could pick a night. Sometimes Christmas Eve is kind of crazy. We have a family gathering and then we, you know, kind of trying up loose ends, but pick another night in the Christmas season. Everybody opens their book. You, you've got hot chocolate and you all sit around and you get cozied up and you read your books, which I know, I I know I'm, I'm a bookaholic. I adore books. I know it's not everybody's thing. Maybe you could get an audio book for someone who's not as into reading, but I am a big I'm very book bookish. It's always been my favorite gift every year would be to get any kind of a book. Well, not any kind of book. I don't want on, one on auto mechanics or, you know, 
uh, certain (laughs) certain other various topics. But anyways, I thought that would be a really fun way. And just spend the evening reading a book about God or the nativity or one of the Advent books. Actually, hopefully you've already started reading that and be a little bit late at that point. But, you know, any number of books that you could find and pray about it. Lord, what would really bless this person this year? Mm -hmm. And everybody gets to participate and give another person in the family their book. And this is another quick one for little kids. And this is always fun. Have a birthday party for Jesus. And they could bring a gift and their gift could be something they could do for someone else in need. So that would be a gift that they could give to Jesus. But one final thing we always do, it's a tradition in our family. We all, you, I, I, we might start with, I might do yours this year. I really like that. But we read the Christmas story on Christmas morning before breakfast, before the gifts, before anything Mm -hmm. else. We're not rushing to the tree. We're spending that time with the Lord. And I like your idea. I think I'm going to definitely assign some scripture passages at Thanksgiving this year. And that can be what we can start our Christmas morning with. I love that idea. I think a lot of these, I think all of these ideas are going to be wonderful ways to keep Christ up front and center. Most of all, just spend time with him every morning. Don't let it get so crazy in the day, get so hectic that you're in the middle of the day and you haven't you haven't spent that time with the Lord. I mean, it all happens to the best of us. We roll out of the bed to some sort of a crisis going on in the home, but keeping him front and center and praying about ways, Lord, how can I make sure that you're the center of this season and not the crazy commercialism and not this idea of the naughty and nice list and am I good enough for you, but just really resting in my identity in Christ who you gave to the world. And that's what we celebrate in this season. Amen. I love it. Catherine, this has been so encouraging. It's been encur- encouraging to me. Uh, me too. I'm going to have to pull back out some different things and make my my Christmas plan ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, let's I, map it I, out. I think in some ways it's helpful, you know, if I don't get well, we map out caught everything on my else. Back, but... we, we map out the parties. We map out trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to... I have a spreadsheet for, okay, who's how much have we spent? Who's getting what? You know, but we don't have a... <laughs> yes. Let's be a strategic mm-hmm. about keeping Christ center and our season as we are about the gift giving and the parties and all of the other events that we have to go to the concerts and everything. If we could keep it's be a strategic about that as we are about everything else, then, then I think maybe we can succeed at keeping Christ in the center of Christmas, because I think the world's failing at that. And a lot of times I have too, I've been guilty of that as well. Me too. So why don't you tell my listeners where they can learn more about you and I'll do the same for yours. Do the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the easiest place to find me is just at my website, bethanykimsey.com. You can find more about what I do. You can hear about, hear me and my voice all the time over at the Warrior Mama podcast. If, if you like to, you can find me. I'm easily found on any podcast platform. And then I am always very active on Instagram. It's my favorite place to be. And I love telling people, Hey, just like, send me a message. I will talk back to you. I'm real. I'm a real person. I've had, I've had people go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you actually messaged me back. (laughs) I'm like, well, like I'm a person and I like talking to people. 
So, so those are really the places that you can find me. Catherine, how about you? My website is catherineseegers.com. That starts with a C, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, catherineseegers.com. You can email me at Catherine's at katherineseegers.com. I'm also on Instagram at, at katherineseegers. I do, I'm there a good bit. I sometimes I forget to look at my messages there. You're probably a little bit more forward there, but I'm I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook and always checking my email. So you can get me in any of those places. My podcast is Christian Parent Crazy World which is produced by Life Audio. So it's on the Life Audio website, but you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. So I would appreciate you checking that out. And I'll link to some of my previous episodes that we kind of talked about here. But this has been awesome. It has been so good. You look so festive. You, you're like, in, oh, well, thank you. I was trying. I'm in my green. I know. I went to look. <laughs> Not on purpose, though. <laughs> well, mine is <laughs> green, but it's like this dark olivey green. And then I was like, I didn't, I don't know. I should, I should have been a little more festive. You look super festive. And super well, Christmassy. It's, it's actually not on purpose. Really? Thank you. I'm glad. Yeah, no, it just happened to be. <laughs> I thought it was strategic. I had to get up super early. Uh, yeah, no, that I wish I could say that, but no, it just happened to be. So, well, this has been a delight. I will have, for all of my listeners who are, you know, you're used to coming and looking at my show notes, I will have all of Catherine's links. I want you to get to know her. I want you to see what she's doing. I believe that the work she is doing is vital for mm. us as moms to be equipped to know, to be wise and discerning in a world that is hard right right now. Oh, so. And same back at you. I want my uh, listeners to get familiar with all of your encouragement and all of the amazing things you do. We've got the same heart and a lot of the same mission, I think, with both of our podcasts. Yeah. And we're going to team back up in the new year to talk about some yeah. really important topics. We're going to do a tag team where we I'll be on your show and you'll be yes. on my show to talk about something that we're passionate about. We're we're nailing that down, but until then, Merry Christmas everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, have an amazing amazing season. Amazing Christ-centered season. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other warrior mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that he is growing you in him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.